0: Hey friends, super excited you're here. Welcome back to Moonshot Entrepreneur to another episode. I really hope you had a great Easter. Even though Easter is over, we are not to stop thinking about Jesus. We are to continue to think about Jesus and about how his will applies to our life, how we can become better Christians. And so today's episode is for all of you because we are going to look at a very important question. So welcome to episode number 16, Easter special, is it sinful to accumulate money, a.k.a. investing and saving, etc. I can't wait to look into this with you. Let's get going. Friends, welcome to Moonshot Entrepreneur. This is the place where we partner with God to build his custom-designed calling for our life. In this podcast, you'll get laser focused on aligning your life with God, and you will learn the strategies to implement true change. Along with that, you will also learn to create the time and income for the amazing dreams God has for you. Sounds like a moonshot? Well, Set your expectations high, because when we dare to partner with God, anything is possible. I promise you that we're going to have a ton of fun on this journey together. So grab your notebook and pen and pursue with me your God-led life transformation. Let's go. Friends, I had this very interesting discussion one day over on Facebook with someone and That person seemed to believe that it's truly sinful to accumulate money. And I would like to look with you at that topic today and give you four um, thoughts about that and why investing or saving up money can be sinful, but why it doesn't have to be necessarily. So let's dig into this. I hope you're going to enjoy this episode. First and foremost... Where does this notion of sinfulness come from? Why do people think that accumulating money is really um, not the thing to do? Well, I get it. There are, of course, certain portions of scriptures. Uh, For example, there is the rich young ruler who goes to Jesus. He wants to know um, what he needs to do to be accepted by God and be commanded by him. And Jesus asks him a very interesting question. He gives him a part of the Ten Commandments and asks him whether he is following that. And of course, the rich young ruler says, yes, I keep all of that. I love my parents. I didn't ever kill anybody. I didn't lustfully look at anybody. And the interesting thing is that Jesus does not Uh, rebuke him or say that he is lying, so perhaps he was right about that, but it's also interesting to look at what Jesus left out. Jesus left out quite a section of the Ten Commandments, especially the ones which say that you shall only have one God, that you should love your God with all your heart, with all your mind and with all your soul, that you shouldn't have any other gods beside him and so forth. And so when he asks him um, what else he can do, Jesus says, "Sell everything you have and follow me. And this guy, this rich young ruler, he has a really hard time and he goes away sad because he was very rich and he was very sad about having to give that up. Now, after that, there is this exchange between Jesus and his disciples and those standing around and and Jesus says it's hard for the rich people to go to heaven and he makes that reference to a camel going through the eye of a needle. Of course that seems like an impossible task and so Jesus adds that this is impossible with man but only possible with God. Now what does Jesus even mean by that? I will not go into the interpretation into more detail of the passage, but it's such an interesting portion of Scripture. Go read it yourself. But the thing is that in the context of that portion of Scripture and in the the context of that time and culture, it was common um, for people to thread camel's hair and to use that um, with a needle but a specifically very large needle to fix their tents and so sometimes if they were um, using the thread of the camel and were making that thread too big um, that would require them again to pull it off uh, from that thread and to make sure that it's the right size so it fits through the needle and that would require a lot of work because camel's hair is very stiff and I don't know the right word for that. I think it's, it's just very stiff and unruly. In short, he was actually saying that if it is standing in the way of you getting to heaven, you should definitely get rid of it. So the real question here is how much do you worship money? Do you think that money is the source of your financial stability, um, that you really need it at least at a certain level, to be happy. Um, If that is the case, perhaps Jesus is not your God, but money is. And I'm sure that if you are listening to this episode, that you do not want that to happen. So do have a heart check. Really check your heart and ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to you whether you're having false priorities. And there are, of course, certain ways to find that out but um, I think that will be a topic for another episode so my first answer would be if you feel that money is your god that you are doing anything to get money working um, hours and hours you are neglecting your family to make that money you are going after success and trying to impress people um you as I said, need a certain amount of money to be happy and you're always comparing yourself uh, to other people who have more money and you would like to have more money and you become so miserable because of that, well, then definitely you have a problem. And then the other way around also, let's say you have a lot of money or at least some amount of money and you are not able to share. You're not able to spend that money because you feel you're losing out. You fear you're losing out you cannot sleep you have sleepless nights if you have to spend it perhaps you have a problem there too so this is not an easy topic at the end of the day God knows your heart so ask him to reveal it to you because we are easily deceived by our feelings and by our excuses I would say so please check that out on the other hand if you have the right relationship um, with your finances, which is just a means um, to live and to do good in this world, or which can be a means for that, um, in that case, I think it's all right to accumulate money. One example for that is that the church often invests money. And um, for example, the Church of England, uh, which I'm part of, the church I'm part of, what they do, they have certain rules they want to follow when they invest money. For example, they do not want to support immoral and unethical uh, businesses when they are investing their money. So they take extra effort to check that out before they even invest a penny. And I know that this is a lot of work and that this doesn't come easy, but it has to do with responsible investing. And so it can be done in a good way. And I truly believe that the church is using that money also for the furthering of the kingdom and not wasting it away. And of course, we all are human beings who are fallen. The church is full of human beings who are fallen. There can be mistakes in the way money is allocated. But in general, I can stand behind the church and I have the feeling that um, the right actions and the right uh, measures are taken to ensure a responsible way of using and investing money. And that brings me straight to the second reason why I think it's okay to accumulate money if you have the right heart and the right mindset. Um, If you are accumulating money, that also gives you more wiggle room to share it with those who are struggling and to share it with those who are in need. We know that wars are going on in this world. We know about famines. We know about neighbors who are struggling. We know that about domestic abuse and kids coming from really terrible situations. And money doesn't solve all problems, but at the end of the day, it helps to bring some relief and it can be a good resource to put to use to do the work of God and to bring the word of God also to other people. I mean, the Bible also needs to be printed every now and then. Uh, The Bible needs to be distributed. You need people to um, go and preach. And not everyone can do that on a voluntary basis. Sometimes you need people who you pay to do certain things. And how could you do that if you had no money at all? So it can be really useful, a useful resource. The third reason why I think that it is not sinful to accumulate money is because there is no commandment in the Bible, not in the Old Testament and not in the New Testament about staying in debt. Actually, it's quite the opposite. There is a commandment not to be indebted to anyone other than indebted in love. New Testament Christians were advised to take on a job and not just to wait somewhere for the Messiah to come back a second time around. They were commanded to work for their living and not to be a burden to anyone. So if you're doing that, you of course have to accumulate some kind of money and you have to make sure that you can use it for your own needs, as well as for the needs of the church, to share it with other believers, but also for the needs of the world, um, to bring good news to other believers and to help them out that they can see also that the Lord is real and also there to practically help and jump in when there is a need. Jesus told many parables. And one of the Rather weird parables Jesus told is about this shrewd manager. There was a shrewd manager and he was forging the accounts, he wasn't doing an honest work. And so the owner of that business once said to that manager, Well, bring me bring in your accounts to me. I know you're being dishonest, and bring me your books. I wanna settle things now and so this manager he knew that he is really in trouble because he has been really dishonest and now um, he knows that his uh, boss is going to fire him so what does he do then he then goes looks at the book and he says i am not able to beg i don't want to beg and i i am not uh, physically able to uh, go farming. So the only option left for me is to find favor with a couple of people before I leave this job. Because once I'm fired, I won't find another job. So what he does is he looks at the account, and he calls one guy and asks him, well, how much do you owe my master? And he says something like, "Uh, I forgot, 100 um, olive oil, whatever. Um, let's for simplicity reason, let's say hundred bucks. And then this guy, this shoot manager said, OK, change that into 50. I will also forge the account into 50. Then he called up the next guy. He said, I owe your master 80 bucks. And this guy said, let's um, cut that out and let's forge the accounts in a way that you only owe 60 bucks to my master. So what, what was he doing there exactly? He was doing them a favor expecting that once he is fired, that he would be able to work with them or for them or would be getting at least a couple of favors in the long run. Now, the master commended the shrewd manager for that, and that is really weird. I mean, we instinctively think, how can God commend that um, dishonest guy for being shrewd But the thing is that he's not commanding him for being dishonest, but he's commanding him for knowing how to put his resources to work. So that is actually the essence of that parable. And he even goes on to say, Jesus says that the children of this age, the children of darkness, know to handle their resources better than the children of light and that they should learn to do things better. I'm paraphrasing here, but go look up the parable if you're interested in that. It's really interesting and I feel that this is really an interesting thought Jesus is placing here. So He is not telling us to go get ourselves rich, um, to be dishonest or anything, but he is telling us to know how to use the resources we are given. Be it talents, be it time, Beat money. So the question here is Are we doing a good job? And are we having the right kind of mindset? Since this is an Easter special, I would also like to point out one example in Jesus' time, and that is Judas. If you think that the only time Judas had a money issue, a problem with money, when he was betraying Jesus for the 30 silver coins, then you are mistaken go check out your Bible. There are several passages within the scriptures which tell and sort of hint us um, about the weakness of Judas, of wanting to have all the money, of controlling it, of using it for himself and not sharing it with anyone else. There is this particular passage where a woman comes with an alabaster jar of oil and pours that over Jesus. And Judas is especially indignant about that. And he says, well, this was such a wasteful thing to do. You could have used this money to help the poor. And our first thought might be, wow, Judas is this great guy. But here's the thing. The next sentence or the next verse tells us that Judas actually didn't care about the poor, and that he was helping himself out of the resources, out of the money which he was keeping for the entire group, and he was um, stealing money from the group fund. So on one side, he might have been a good manager of money in the sense that people trusted him with their money, but actually, in his heart, He wasn't a good manager at all, and he wasn't honest, nor was he putting God first. In fact, before betraying Jesus at the Last Supper, um, where Jesus says that one of them are going to betray him, all the disciples turn and ask, Lord, is it me? Lord, is it me? They want to know, could we betray you? Um, Not intentionally, but maybe by mistake. Is that what you're saying? So they were really worried. And Judas, too, turned to Jesus to ask whether he means him. And Jesus said, yes, it's you. So that was after he had taken money to betray Jesus. So that was sort of his final call to make a decision towards God, towards his Savior, towards his friend of the past three years, rather than taking and choosing to serve money and to enrich himself. So this should be truly a word of warning for us. And I want to close with this thought. I hope you enjoyed this Easter special. And let me leave you with a prayer before you go. Father Almighty, we thank you for this day and for this Wednesday after Easter. We especially, Lord, thank you for what you have done on the cross for us, You were nailed to the cross for our sins. And Lord, we pray that you would reveal to us our sinfulness, that the Holy Spirit would examine our heart and bring to our consciousness where we really need to work on ourselves. We pray, Lord, that we can put you first, that you would be the first and the only one in our heart, Jesus. And we thank you that you did not only die on the cross, but that you also rose from the death for us all. And we pray that we can live a life worthy of your calling and worthy of your love. We pray that we can bring the kingdom of Jesus into the entire world, that many, many people will be blessed by the way we use our money and our time and our talents which you have given us. And we pray that we never shy away of sharing what we have been given with others who are in need. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I really hope you enjoyed this little Easter special. I enjoyed preparing for it and telling you more about the reasons why I think that it is okay to accumulate money. If you have the right mindset, the right heart to worship God, then that is okay. If you would like to get deeper into financial management and wise financial management and would like to get some coaching on that, especially on your personal finances, how to use your money better, how to use your resources better, or how to um, start investing, you can reach out to me. I do quite some bit of financial coaching. Um, You can send me an email at support at moonshotentrepreneur.com you could also send me an email to coaching at moonshotentrepreneur.com in any way I'm going to receive that email and you can find the link below in the description of this episode. Moreover don't forget that at the moment I still have my launch prices going on so for a few couple of weeks more you can get coaching from me for a special price. Prices are going to go up So in case you're listening to this episode a couple of weeks later, you might not be able to benefit from that. But nevertheless, come shoot me an email. Let's chat. Let's get together and look at your finances and let me help you out to get things back in order and to come up with financial goals, which are actually attainable in your specific situation I can't wait to hear from you soon. I really look forward to it. Stay wrapped up in Christ's love until next time and continue to enjoy the blessings and the good news of Easter. Real quick before you go, if this podcast blessed you in some way, the number one way you can thank me is by leaving me a written review for the show over on Apple Podcast. I seriously am lit up every time I hear from you guys. So if this show has impacted your life in some way, just let me know about it. And here's the second thing you can do. Take a screenshot of this episode or of your review and go share it over on Facebook and tag me. God bless as you dare to make the change.